0: everyone. It's Monday, March 20th, 2017 at 1 o'clock Eastern Time, and this is Admissions Live. I'm your host, Nicole Lentini, and on today's live broadcast, we're talking about spring burnout and how to best maintain our service efficiency, positivity, and health all the way through the end of our yield cycle. Admissions Live is part of the Higher Ed Live Network. Our episodes offer you direct access to the best and brightest minds in education. Be a part of our live broadcast by sharing your knowledge. Participate in today's discussion by tweeting us using the hashtag HigherEdLive. Live. All of our episodes are free and easy to access in the video archives at higheredlive.com or take Higher Ed Live with you on the go by subscribing to the podcast. Higher Ed Live is produced by M Stoner, a digital first agency committed to tailored solutions that drive real results. Tested by thousands of hired professionals and Stoner webinars are jam-packed with timely, strategic, and actionable knowledge. Check out their library of on-demand content from digital storytelling to myth-busting websites. We'll be tweeting out a link soon. Um, so without further ado, I'm excited to introduce our topic and then introduce my guest today. Um, it's no secret that spring can be one of the busiest windows of time in the admission cycle. Uh, between spring break visits, yield events, spring recruitment travel, and all the while kind of mentally keeping track of perspective and admitted students, it's easy to find ourselves and our student employees burning out. How can we best maintain great energy as we move into one of the most important times of year? How can we ensure our students are still getting the best service possible? And how can we make sure we still have time for ourselves are all really important questions we're asking right now. Um, So in this episode, we'll discuss what feeds into the spring burnout as well as some strategies to avoid the burnout and maintain our focus all the way through May. Um, So, with that, I'm very excited to introduce Erin Earl, Director for the Campus Visit Experience at the University of Rhode Island. Um, so Erin, if you could please share a little bit more about your history and admissions.
1: Sure, hi Nicole, super excited to be here today. Um, even though there's lots of things going on, um, I think these are super important and so uh, made some awesome time um, to, to chat today. Um, so as you said, my name's Erin Earl. Um, I work at the University of Rhode Island in Kingston, Rhode Island. Um, some of you may have heard of our school recently. We were in the tournament last night. We had a tough loss, uh, but super proud of our, our guys in the NCAA tournament playing out in Sacramento yesterday. Um, and I've been at URI for 14 years. Um, I am an alum, a two-time alum here. Um, and I then went on to get my doctorate um, in higher education um, as well. And so lifelong learner, although I've been out of school for a couple of years now. So it's probably about time to swing back in. Um, and At URI, I'm the director of the campus visit experience, and so pretty much anything to do with on-campus recruitment, um, I oversee, so all of our tours, YIELD programs, our visitor center, um, and smaller programs fall under me
0: as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Erin, and yes, I realize um, we were kind of joking before we went live about the, you know, fitting in something like this in the midst of spring, Um, so I'm very, very grateful for you making time um, for myself and for all of our viewers to share kind of your your insight and your expectations. Piece in this. Um, but that being said, you know, there's a lot happening right now. So give us some insight into everything that's sort of on your plate right now.
1: Yeah. And I think, um, you know, what. With what's going on right now, the spring is the hardest, and April for me is the hardest by far every year. It sneaks up on me, and I think I'm ready for it, and then I'm not. And you know, that's truly to what you were saying before that we are recruiting two classes right now on the admission side, and and same with our school counselor colleagues. They're helping two different groups, and so we've got our seniors. are making those final decisions by way one, and then the juniors are just coming up fast and furious um, with visits and and different fairs and things like that. And so April for me is always the worst in our profession, um, and so I was looking at my to-do list trying to think of kind of what I was working on right now and what's going on here is you know for me campus tours um they're picking up a ton with seniors and juniors visiting we do special information sessions for both of those contingencies so managing that Um, we have three large accepted student days over 3,000 people at both at all of those. Um, so those are some big, big event planning things that we're working on um, here at URI. We're super excited to be building a new visitor center. Um, and for anyone that's not built a building, it's so insane. And so we've been working on picking out furniture to making huge decisions about what our facility is going to be used for, um, so that's going on. Um, and then we also have what what you guys all probably have too, um, shadow day programs, fly-in programs, school counselor programs, multicultural overnight programs. We're still finishing reading apps, um, which is insane. Um, uh, spring travel of course is starting to pick up, um, so trying to hit the fares you know, that are popping up all over the place. Um, I personally am right now trying to finish training our new tour guides. We hire them starting in January. And so trying to make sure that they're good to go and then kind of beyond the work, that we're doing in our office, um, I also have some NIACAC volunteer commitments um, and then some committees on campus that don't quite work, especially the ones on campus, don't quite work with our timeline. And so April is a really big one for them because it's before the end of the academic semester um, and they don't realize that that's the craziest time for us. Um, so I'm tired. That's, that's the moral of the story, <laughs> as is everyone, right? Everyone that is listening today or works in our profession probably has an equal to or greater than list um, than what I just said. and. You know, it's the nature of the beast, and I think the nature of the month, for sure.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, even if we, you know, we can all commiserate with this, and I maybe selfishly am hoping a little bit, too, that there's some non-admissions folks watching this episode, too, so that they can understand if they feel like they, um, that they don't always get all the time that they'd like from admissions, that they can start to have an understanding of why, although I know most of our campus partners, and I'm sure yours, too, are very understanding as well. And, and understand the value of the work that we're doing, but but it's true. There's just, there's a lot of overlapping priorities, and I think that is something that I know I personally um, have struggled with at times, and maybe some of our view ha- viewers have as well, is, you know, it's sort of when everything's high priority, nothing is. And so, you know, how do you, when you have all these things that are all super important and super pressing, you know, what is what are some of the strategies that you use to sort of take a step back and, look at all these pieces and really figure out what you need to deal with immediately you know how do you prioritize all this Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's so
1: hard um because like you said every priority is the highest priority and everything seems to be like needs to be done right now um so what i really do at a very macro level is i think about what are our enrollment goals and kind of what are we you know what's the big things that we're working at the university and then of those big things, what's on my plate and how can I help move that forward. So our academic mission and our enrollment goals, of course, come into play. And then I always go to the opposite side and think about, you know, what my work's doing to impact prospective students. And, you know, so I try to look at those two things when trying to figure out what the highest priorities are. Um, I also think You know, communication is really important, and so if you're feeling that you have multiple priorities, you know, talking to your supervisor and saying, okay, like, I know that these are all super important, but, you know, which one do you think is the highest um, can be really helpful in kind of helping you figure out that list. Um, I'm also a huge to-do list person, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners are as well, Um, but this time of year, I go a little crazy with my to-do list because they help me stay grounded, um, because I find if I know it's written down, I can kind of release it a little bit and not carry that stress of the things that need to be done around with me on a day-to-day basis. And so I always try to break my um, to-do list down into themes. And so as – You heard earlier, I have a couple big things that I work on. I do our visitor center, our campus tour program, and our accepted students days. And so this time of year, because there's so many things on all of those lists, I'll break them down thematically based on the event. Um, And that really helps me because then I can focus on one thing at once and I'll say, okay, out of these things for our accepted students days, what am I going to work on? And so really doing that helps me. Um, I also um, do a couple funny things that I think help, um, that might help some folks. Um, I always think about, when i'm most efficient at different tasks and then i try to schedule my day accordingly and so i know i'm a night person Mm -hmm. and so for me a meeting that we need to be really creative at or brainstorm at in the morning isn't super efficient or effective because my brain's just not working yet and so i will always try to schedule those towards the end of the day or if i know i need to do something super creative i'll do it on my couch with a notepad like in front of the tv and then follow up with it on the next day so i try to schedule my day that way. Um, I also try to figure out shortcuts. Um, A great tip I got from one of the people I admire most in our profession, Beth Weiser, up at the University of Vermont. Um, She gave me the tip of taking electronic notes at a meeting. Um, and I think that's a huge thing um, because it allows me to save time on the back end. So then I can either just share those notes with the people I'm meeting with, or I can quickly take them and make them into an email or something like that. And so that little tricks and tips like that save you five or 10 minutes, which this time of the year I think can really add up. Um, I also think it's super important for me to set reminders um, this time of year, I will literally forget a meeting. I will forget to go somewhere. Like there's just so much going on and so many different priorities. Um, so I do use an electronic calendar on my phone that synced with my computer, and I set reminders for everything. Like brush teeth. Like that. We're talking that sort of level of how bad it gets in April. Um, and then, you know, one of my favorite things, and I think my coworkers think I'm a little nuts for this one, um, I do timed work activities. And so I will literally set a timer for 30 minutes and I won't check my email I'll try not to text check pick up the phone try not to do text messages and I will just work on something for 30 minutes um just to try to move it forward I might not finish that task but just to try to get chunks of stuff done because it's just so insane and like I'll never have the time to finish a project so I try to just do a good chunk of it at a certain time um how about you Nicole what do you do yeah
0: well I love uh, some of those tips I'm like oh I'm gonna try that I'm gonna try those things um, I do uh, to echo the um, reminders of things I absolutely agree I actually was thinking about this yesterday that I know there was a point in my life that I didn't have to write down every <laughs> single thing onto my calendar but I cannot remember what that was like um, if it is not in my calendar it doesn't exist like it's just not a thing that happens and so um, I definitely adding things onto my calendar, even if it's like, okay, at this hour, I'm gonna work on this on this project or focus on this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also been using, and I don't know if you utilize this or well, I I have a, a Droid phone, and so I have it hooked up to to Google. To do, mm-hmm. I do a lot in Google, um, and I use that Okay Google function to be able to like, even if I'm I'm lying in bed and I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to do this. You know, I I, I make sure I immediately you know get that somewhere that's like you said not carrying it in my brain and trying to remember something Mm -hmm. in the morning you're carrying around with me all day and so i will say okay google remind me to whatever that thing was and it's just that much nicer to like go to sleep and know okay i'm gonna take care of that and that's something i know i need Mm -hmm. to do um that's helped me a lot but Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other things I do definitely big proponent of to do lists. And I realized when making a to do list that sometimes I was putting really big things on there. Um, And now I've been a little bit better about, okay, well, this is something that needs to get done. But what are the little tasks that I can do to knock out that big task, which helps me because I think I tend to get a little overwhelmed if I see like, Like for a very long time, I had social media calendar on there, which is not something you knock out in an hour. That's something that takes months, Months. you know? Yeah. Um, And so being able to say, okay, these are the pieces that I need to focus on. And these are the things that are immediately pressing. These are the things that could maybe um, happen a little bit later. It helps to sort of frame that a little bit Mm -hmm. better.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: Long-term goals
1: I think can go on your to-do list, but you have to acknowledge them as such. And I think it's great that you break them down because, It can feel daunting and you also need wins every once in a while, especially this time of year when you're feeling burnt out and you're like, oh, gosh, you know, this is my my profession. Is this what I do? You know, knowing that you are accomplishing things and that you are getting things done, I think is so huge. Oh, absolutely. I I also try to steal time all the time. Um, So if I'm in the grocery store and I'm in line or, you know, I'm waiting to go in before college fair, like I always try to do a couple quick things, even if it's just jotting some ideas down or something. Um, Cause I think that helps too is, is just trying to move everything forward a little bit. Exactly. Um, and also you said something that made me think of it. Sometimes my to-do list, what I decide is a priority is literally what's due tomorrow. Like sometimes this time of year, like that's just how it works. And so I'll literally look at it and be like, yep, that's the thing that's, that's due tomorrow. So that's the priority today. Um, and so I think that you know, knowing your deadlines is really important and setting your own deadlines if there aren't actual deadlines can help because um, then it can kind of help you frame what's what's important and when.
0: Definitely, yeah. And uh, actually you made me think of a funny little sort of anecdotal thing that I think loops into that. So um, I started to do, I started to approach this method with my to-do list that, uh, shout out to um, Eliza Eder at UVM as well, a lot of UVM <laughs> shout outs today. Um, she showed me these different colored pens that are just really great, really satisfying pens to use. And I started to use them in a way that I organized my to-do list by color of, okay, these are social media related things. These are student related things. These are whatever. And I started to use red as urgent. And one of my coworkers teased me that she's like, eventually things that are on that list become red, right? And I was like, well, yeah, if I don't, if you know, I don't get a chance to tackle them immediately, they move their way up to the red category. But it helped me at least mentally to sort of Know, look at it really quickly and be like, okay, that like you said, that needs to happen today. You know, on top of we have spring travel, and it's like, oh, yeah, you actually also have to submit your receipts. That's an important thing that needs to happen for the office to keep progressing, but it doesn't always feel like the highest priority, but it's a thing that needs to happen right away. So, it helped me to sort of See, like, okay, these are things that need to happen right now. These are things that need to happen today. And these are things that maybe I can chip away at and aren't as going to be as pressing but are still, you know, important that I don't want to forget. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I think think it it has to work for you, too. You know, like, so I said – like the electronic notes is something that is working for me right now, but I tried to do an electronic to-do list and that did not work for me. Like it was overwhelming. It felt really daunting. Like even though it was nice cause I could just put it on, put things on my list from wherever, like it just was not the thing for me. And so I realized that like a paper to-do list is much better for me. The calendar electronic is fine. And so I think you have to figure out what works for you so that That's you fantastic. can be really productive and efficient, um, which can help with burnout. And then also, you know, not feeling like you're drowning, which which I think some of us a lot of times in this time of year do feel like. Definitely.
0: Yeah, it's hard. It's it, because everything's pressing and everything's important. And I think what you said earlier about goals and what's the mission of the institution really resonates with me because, you know, sometimes, like, especially when we have these big group visits coming through, you know, we're approaching April vacation week, which already is giving me a little bit of stress thinking about how big those visits are going to be. And I'm sure you're feeling that even more so. Um, And it's, you know, sometimes those groups, it can feel like that's that stress that we're feeling can start to leak into those visits, but really, you need to take a step back and say, no, this visit is super important, and this is a priority, and this is when I need to be present and this has to be my priority for the next hour. And then I can take a step back Mm into everything else that I'm focused on right now. So yeah, it's so hard because it's such an important time for our students.
1: You know, those seniors, they're making this huge decision in their life and they're stressed. And then the juniors are just starting their process and they're so excited. And so you have to find this balance because if not, it's not fair to them. You know, you need to bring your A game, even though you're probably at like Y. And so You know, trying to figure out how to dig deep and really do that, I think, is so important because you don't want the service that we're providing to students to lack because it's there one time, even though it's our 1,000th time doing
0: something. Absolutely. And I think sometimes you have to kind of find, you have to really embrace that moment to really, like, to to be able to kind of calm down into that moment. You know, like, I, I had an information session today, actually, in the middle of a kind of chaotic day, but it's sort of, reminded me to take a breath and to be like this this is so important like you said you know this is important to these students to learn more about the school they spent their time being here and it's forcing me to not think about my to-do list so i am going to give it my all and be on my a game even if it means afterwards i need to take a bre- take a breath and Find another cup of coffee and then you know get ready for that shift. Um, I did the same thing actually on Saturday. I had a college fair and at, at the time I was like, oh my gosh, I have to get to this fair and it's on a Saturday and blah blah. But it actually ended up being really good because driving, you can't really fret that much over your to dos. And you know, at the college fair, you need to be on that A game again. And so I think that's one of the nice things about all these things we've sprinkled through these this time of year is that it requires that presence of mind that reminds you why you're doing this work, too. And when you go back to all that other craziness, so you, you it frames it better for you. Yeah.
1: yeah, there's that saying in higher ed that students aren't the interruption to your work. Like, they are the work. And I think that right. can be so hard this time of year because you are doing so many different things. And so kind of staying focused on that can help with the burnout because you remember why we do this work and why it's so important
0: absolutely and i actually you're making me think of a tweet um when i was reaching out to our viewers to ask about you know um some advice or strategies karen full um tweeted at me celebrate your small successes along the way um and i, I heard that re- you know it, in the same thing that you said too you know that there's these little things that happen and these great things that you can chip away at and great events that pop up and you can if you can celebrate those it, it gives you renewed energy to go mm-hmm. yep. definitely I do. yeah um, and speaking of our students, um, you know, we're talking about all of us being all stressed out, but we have really, really wonderful student employees who are, you know, working their tails off, doing the best the work they can for us. And they, I mean, we're, we're getting for seniors, we're getting close to when they're job searching Um, or they've already started job searching, we're getting into internship time, we're getting into all of these things happening for our student employees. And so I know you oversee a student team, so how are are they feeling at this time of year and how do you help them to balance everything they've got going on while also making sure they're the best employees possible?
1: Yeah, it's so tricky because they are literally melting down, like, for so many different reasons. Um, you know, as you mentioned, the seniors, so they're starting to realize now that we're, we just, you or I just got back from spring break today, and so they're starting to realize, oh, my gosh, there's only, you know, five weeks of the semester left or, or something like that. Um, and then, you know, the academic pressures really start setting in as far as, you know, trying to finish their semesters up strong in their classes, workload tend to pick up, they're studying for exams, and they're tired, you know, like this, I think that's why April is so tricky, because it's the same stuff, you know, we travel in the fall, but we're so tired this time of year, it just seems harder, even though it might be less, and so I think acknowledging that is important, um, but as far as trying to keep our student employees engaged and like there that's my biggest fear is that they're all just going to disappear and i'll be giving a tour of campus someday um you know we do a couple (laughs) things at uri here to try to to keep that going throughout the spring um the biggest thing for us at uri is we do pay our student employees um so my tour guide team of 105 are compensated um and that's a big decision to make in your budgets um but i think As far as an investment goes, it's extremely important um, because it increases the commitment from them, it increases our turnover. um, And then in turn, it reduces the amount of training time that we as staff need to spend with students And also the day to day challenges, you know, when they treat it as a job, they're going to show up more, you're going to have less problems, they're going to take it more seriously and so that's been a big commitment for us um, that helps us keep them engaged because they, as tired as they are, they are also poor, so, you know, sometimes just that alone works. Um, The other thing I think with the students and this is such a hard one for me um, as a busy professional is Really understanding and being realistic and empathetic with your students and so I'll be sitting across from a student and they're 20, 21 um, and they'll be complaining to me about how tired they are or how busy they are and this and that and the problems that they're talking about in my head I'm thinking you like have no idea what busy (laughs) or struggle is. but then I have to remind myself like, what it felt like to be 21, what it felt like to be in college, that those pressures for them are real because that's their reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's where the empathy comes in and not just thinking, you're a college student, like, what are you talking about? You know, like, you got to sleep till 11 today. You are not tired. You know, so I think you really need to meet them where you are. Um, and that will help you mentally because you won't be frustrated with them because you'll realize that that's their reality. Um The other big thing I try to do this time of year is really listen and help. And this goes along with that they are the priority. Um, So, you know, obviously I'll be super busy, but I try to take time to listen to my student ambassadors on what they need in their lives to help them. And I find that like, if I give a student 10 minutes to try to help them find an internship or I spend 20 minutes reviewing their resume, um, that's gonna pay back my program tenfold um, because they'll one be less stressed about whatever they were stressed about, but then they'll be appreciative and want to contribute to the program. And so okay. even though we're busy and some of those things can take time, I have found that long-term that can really help. Um, we also try to make things fun for the students in our tour program. Um, kind of our newest thing that we're playing around with is a for our advanced training is the philosophy of experience training. Um, And this has kind of been helping us in a couple of ways. Um, So what we do is we're trying to give our tour guides authentic experiences on campus for them to talk about. Um, So obviously they talk about their own personal stories, but we're trying to enhance that by giving them opportunities that they might never have had or, or maybe because of their major they're not exposed to or something. And so um, some of the things that we're doing in April with our team is um, our Fine Arts Center donated tickets um, so as a team we're going to go see the great the production of the Great Gatsby awesome. um, which will be fun um, and they'll get to hang out together um, but then it's awesome because now on tour they'll be able to talk about the time they went to the Fine Arts Center that when they saw the production done by our students um, we're also doing a retreat with them on our Northwoods challenge course um, which is that we have a big wall um, where they can climb and do lots of different challenge activities um, and again that will allow them to Speak about that. Um, and then they also plan a thing that they call Tormal, which is like a tour formal. Get it. Um, so cute. And so, um, you know, they have something to look forward to in kind of a social sense as well, which is nice. Um, and this helps, I think, because it keeps them engaged in the team, but then also when they know each other they're more apt to help each other. Right. And so, you know, they can cover tours for each other when they have exams, they can help each other out with covering shifts and and different things. And so making sure that they know each other, I think is huge, because then when things do get tough and we need people to step up, they're not going to be just stepping up for a stranger. They're going to be stepping up with their friends. So I think that's a big thing for us um, with our tour program. And then lastly, we just try to be realistic Um, you know, we have three accepted student programs in April. The chances that we're going to have 100% acceptance of our student ambassadors is is zero. You know, they have lives, they have wedding showers, they need to go to, they have something for class that they need to do, they have a different job that they have to go to. Um, So we try to account for that drop off um, by hiring more than we technically need um, and doing a couple different things like that. So that way we in great confidence can give them days off Mm -hmm. um, and not be resentful towards them, not be stressed about it. Um, And they don't need to be stressed about asking for those days. So we try to be really realistic about the commitment that they can give us um, so that it doesn't cause that resentment, um, which I think is tricky.
0: No, it, but it's important. I, I think, like you said, they have they have lives outside of this employment that well, they you have
1: want them to. to. You know, yeah. they you want them to be able to talk about stuff at your campus. So then, to deny them those opportunities seems silly.
0: Absolutely. I love the idea of a Tormal. That's really adorable. <laughs> I wish your team was big enough. I think our team is a little too small for that to really work as well as uh, as it might for yours. But they can I love partner that. with a couple other groups. That's true. Ooh, put together a tormal with uh with St. Mike's at UVM. There we go. Yeah, Super Vermont Tormoil. Um know I love that. And I I think we try to do a lot with our students as well of those pieces. Um the only other thing I'd add that um I we myself and so myself and a colleague, actually, this is our first year overseeing uh, interns in our admissions office. So it's been a learning experience through and through, and I could do a whole broadcast on that alone. Um, but they've been a wonderful team and something that we're trying to be really intentional about this semester and you know, understanding Um, their time commitments and what they want to get out of this especially since it's an internship and it's seniors only Um, so we're really thoughtful about okay they're about to go off and graduate and go into this this first uh, official job and so what can we do to help them and so we're trying to be really intentional and working one-on-one with them to you know what are skills that you feel like you're really good with and what are skills you want to build more Um, what do you want to know more about admissions Is this is a career that you see yourself in and if so what are things you feel like you don't don't know anything about in this that we can make sure to provide to you. Um, and even though that may add a little bit more in their schedule and in ours, we can see the results of that tenfold um, and see them just embracing the jobs that much more and being that much more excited and productive in the things that they're doing. Um, so that's been really cool to watch the results of that and to see a few that that are going to go off and try to find employment in this admissions world. So all of you viewers out there, keep an eye out for some of our interns that are graduating and possibly reaching out to you for jobs. But, um, but it's been nice to see, and I feel like, again, it's it's a balance of time, but ultimately it pays off in the end to, mm-hmm. to be there and to support your students in that way. Yeah.
1: Uh, I think you need to acknowledge them, you know, as well, and and make sure that they understand the impact that they're having. Um, I think that they can lose that on the day-to-day basis, that they are literally changing people's lives. Um, And so we try to remind them of that often, that their, that moment with them on tour could dictate where they go to college, and that's going to change their trajectory. And so I think making sure that they understand how important their role is, and then also, you know, trying to acknowledge them as much as possible in a very genuine way. You can't just you know, you want to be very intentional with your thanks to your team, because if you do it too often, um, it'll get watered down and diluted. And so you've got to find that nice balance of just enough, but not too much. Um, And so, you know, we do little things. We thank them um, on social media, especially for big days. We do do tour guides of the week. We do um, an end of the year ceremony where we do a big acknowledgement um, of everyone. Um, and so making sure to do little and big things to thank them, I think is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and surprising them every once in a while, you know, like we'll we'll show up with munchkins um, to the tour guide booth every once in a while, or um, on busy days when I know my executive board has to get up super early, we have a student management team. Um, we'll, we'll call ahead to the place that I know they're going to get bagels at and cover their breakfast. It's like a $20 investment. Investment, but it makes them feel so special and like the surprise of having the lady be like oh this is all set like they think they're fancy and cool and so doing things like that I think is so important um, because if not they just don't feel appreciated and whether you pay them or not that appreciation is is really what they're striving for and knowing that they're making a difference, and knowing that it's that they're a big deal you know so I think if you can set up that culture, it really helps this time of year because they're so tired and they're so stressed.
0: Oh, they are. Actually, you made me think of it uh, just recently. We, we had just, it, it, the joke is it's, it's called the Champlague that, you know, Champlain, it just, it's a small school. It's that time of year when it's hot and cold and it, I mean the weather's been all over the place and people get sick and it sort of spreads. Um, and our interns kind of seem to be passing it off to each other and so we finally got them all in a room for a meeting um, that we have weekly meeting and I brought them a big bowl of fruit, of berries and I was just like, this is my gift to you as a thank you and also please put some nutrients in you and feel better. We need you back to 100% but it's true. Just showing that you're paying attention and that you appreciate appreciate your students goes such a long way. question for you just because I know you're mentioning sort of making the time to you know chat with them one-on-one and everything how do you make that work with your schedule do you put something on your calendar way ahead of time and they can grab that time or I mean if a student is I don't know in a crisis or needs you in that moment I mean because I can see that being a lot of interruptions in your day so how do you manage that
1: yeah I am um fortunate and unfortunate to be a little bit off of campus as far as my office yeah. goes. So I don't get a ton of drop-ins, although I know a lot of people who do my role are, are literally where the tours leave from. And so that's mm-hmm. a little bit different. And I think you need to set up boundaries in that sense of when they can come in. And so I do like your idea of like having a blocked out time that they can just grab. Um, often my students will just set up a time with me, you know, they're, I have a very open policy with texting. And so they can always text me and say, hey, can I set up a meeting? And we'll find a time that works. Um, or we'll have a quick chat on text sometimes that's all they need. Um, so sometimes it can just be a quick thing. Or I'll just try to book you know, some time, I'll give them 15 minutes, I'll try to sneak it in in between a whole bunch of other meetings um, and, and just do it like that. Um, the other thing I try to do is I try to keep an eye out for students who are disappearing um, and so and I ask my student managers to help me with this, um, you know, if I notice a tour guide that used to be super engaged isn't as much anymore or something seems to be going on or they've been missing stuff and that's not like them, I'll always try to reach out to them too and not make it that they just have to come to me um, and just check in with them. And I find that they really appreciate that because they don't, they, they feel like they're bothering us. Um, But really it's very important to keep an eye out for folks like that um, because a lot of times they need like real help. Um, We do a lot of counseling center referrals and different things um, because this time of year they are so stressed and, and do need that external support as
0: well. Absolutely. And in many cases, you know, especially if they're working with you for that long, you become a really, really important contact for those types of conversations. So it is important to make time for that. And yeah, we, we are, are uh, two counselors who oversee our student ambassador program. We're all in the same building as a student ambassador. So if something comes up, they know when and when and where to find them pretty easily. So um, I think it's nice, though, that even if you don't share that in immediate space with them, that you find that space in your yeah. day.
1: The other sense. thing I try to do is when I'm with them, so if I'm down where our tours are leaving or different things, I try to do quick check-ins. Mm. So literally, like, if we're waiting for the next tour to go out, I'll say something to them or, um, you know, anything like that. And so I try really hard to um, find those informal moments, too, to just check in and then try to remember things. So the next time I see them, I can say, you know, hey, how was that test? You know, did you, did you do as bad as you thought you did or was it awesome? And they'll be like, oh, it was great. And so I think showing that you care about them is so huge.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And like you said, they're so important. In some cases, they are the first or possibly only, you know, face that somebody might associate with our institution. And so um, their importance cannot be understated yeah. to our team. So I think it's so important. essential. Yeah, about Um, yeah recognizing that. Um, before I go into our next question, I just want to remind viewers that if you have any questions or thoughts you want to share, um, tweet it with the hashtag higher ed live. I'm keeping an eye on that and we'll share your questions or thoughts um, as I see them come up. Um, but so Erin, when when days off are rare, <laughs> it's kind of, you know, hard to even find free weekends at this time of year. Um, so how, how do you find time to breathe and to have Uh, your personal life, which, you know, you have a family of all these other things going on. How do you find that time? How do you make that time?
1: Yeah, I think the first thing I was thinking about this, the first thing that I do is I try to zen with the fact that there are no weekends in April. Like, I think if you accept that fact and not dwell on the fact that it stinks, it's better. And also knowing and reminding yourself that it's temporary, you know, like this isn't how admissions is always. It's not every single weekend all year long. Um, although we do have other busy times I know. Um, so I do try to do that. Um, I try to sneak time when I can. Um, I do something I try to do very consistently is I always try to take a lunch. Um, and, I try to be very intentional about it. I try to take it at noon. I try to do an hour if I can. Um, and if possible, I try to leave my office. And so I'll either go to lunch somewhere, run an errand, um, which can actually help twofold because then you're getting something done and getting out of the office, or just go for a quick walk, usually not, usually eating, but you know something like that. So I try really hard not to book meetings over lunchtime um, if possible. Obviously, it's not always the case, but but that is something I try to be really intentional about. Um, and I find that I'm so much more productive in the afternoons if I do that rather than trying to push through lunch and eat a sandwich while typing. It's just, it doesn't, it doesn't work for me. So I definitely do that. Um, I also try to find joy at random times. Um, and so I'm a big reader. I love reading books, um, and reading a book in April's like comical. (laughs) And so, um, I do have a 20 to 25 minute commute though every day. And so I will download audiobooks. um, online, you know, through the library, or I'll listen to podcasts. I was just telling (laughs) you when we started, I'm super into podcasts right now. Um, And so just like doing that for 20 minutes, even though it's a short amount of time each way, you know, it's just a nice way to disconnect and not worry about work. And especially I think on the drive home, I tend to like rehash my day and doing a podcast or an audio book can kind of help me disconnect that so that when I do get to home, I can focus on home for a little bit and not just continue working, um, which is important. Mm -hmm. Um, I also, um, you know, like if I'm out on the road for college fairs and I have a half an hour, I'll try to do a random pedicure or go shopping or do something fun. Um, maybe grab lunch with somebody that's, that's around at a college fair as well. Um, And then the big thing is, if I do end up having a free weekend, which I think this April there will be one, um, and that's the holiday one, um, that for folks to celebrate Easter, um, I try to take advantage of it. And so I also have to zen in April with the fact that my house is not getting clean. Um, You know, we need to be really realistic about food. Like there are no gourmet meals being made in April by anyone in my family. Um I sometimes have to go to TJ Maxx and buy clothes because I did not do laundry. You know, so I think Mm -hmm. forgiving yourself for that stuff is okay. Um and just knowing that, you know, this is the month and it's crazy and May one will come. You know, we're forty three days away Mm -hmm. right now for May one. Um and that's not to scare people.
0: It's gonna say
1: (laughs) it's good. It's going to end, April will end. So I think staying focused on that and and being okay with just knowing that there's not a lot of weekends and this isn't the most fun month of your life and that's it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think April and October really are not real months for admissions, which is sad because they're beautiful months. It's nice to look at the weather changing while you're inside working on all of this. But um, I think those are really, really nice tips, though, and just finding those moments in your day that you can kind of take that breath and and kind of remove yourself from from just being trapped in your own head thinking about all this stuff all the time. Um, I'm also a huge proponent of podcasts. And I mean, of course, plug for higher ed live podcast but (laughs) (laughs) but there's a lot of other great ones out there and and I think even especially if you can listen to some that are unrelated to this career field like of course yeah yeah um, one of my favorite ones quick plug for it is 99% invisible Um, Mm -hmm. it's an excellent podcast it's like 20 or 30 minute snippets and Roman Mars voice is the most calming thing I've ever heard so if you need something to just chill you out when you're Mm driving around I ri- highly recommend. Yeah, um, but it's nice because it does kind of just it gives you that moment to breathe and mm-hmm. have a cup of coffee or you know not think about work. So um, I think those are some great recommendations. Yeah, April That's, is all the coffee, all, all, the coffee. all, all <laughs> just constantly. I never used to be a coffee drinker until I came into this line of work and I encountered October and April and kind of all that stuff in between, but especially these two months. Yeah. Are, yeah. It's yeah, so
1: when I eat the worst and when I drink the most coffee, which is probably bad. And the experts would tell you that that's not it. And so you do have to try to take care of yourself. Um, but you also have to be realistic. I mean, is an hour at the gym going to happen for me in April? Probably not. And so trying to figure out, you know, when you can sneak little things in um, to try to be healthy too and, and eat well and, and that sort of stuff's important too.
0: Yeah. Well, and knowing yourself to know what is a good, healthy stress release release for yourself. um, I've started to work out more and I've found that all that stress that I'm feeling that makes me want to, you know, eat drunky food or whatever. You know, if I can get myself there, then it gives me that break, that mental break. But it also makes me feel better, too. So finding that good outlet for yourself.
1: And for me, it's bad TV. Yeah, pretty much anything on Bravo. That'll do. Um, you know, mindless stuff, I think, helps me the most um, to kind of unplug in and unwind, although I'm sure a good run would help, too. But
0: Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm making myself sound healthy. Like, my best one <laughs> is, like, coffee and junky breakfast and, like, sitting and playing Sudoku on my iPad while listening to a podcast. So, like, I'm not <laughs> trying to act all my <laughs> with my working out by any stretch but you know whatever works really like you said forgive yourself for whatever you know yeah. release you need to be able to survive survival exactly yeah. survival is the name of the game uh, um and i'm keeping an eye on twitter i haven't seen any tweets come in yet but if it's you're busy doing, doing stuff, stuff today, today. Oh, i know i know I know. But I see you viewers that are watching right now, and I appreciate you taking, if it's your lunch break or the time after your lunch break, to join us. And for those of you watching afterwards, that's fine too. That's why we archive these. Um, So as we kind of wind to a close, I guess the big question, and you've sprinkled these throughout, so it's okay if you kind of summarize these too, but I guess just kind of ending this broadcast with what are your strategies that kind of you know, help you, pl- you've, you've been in admissions for, for quite a few years, so what has helped you to get through this madness that is the month of April? You know, what are these strategies that consistently help you? Um, and what can you kind of leave our, our viewers with as mm-hmm. things to maybe try?
1: Yeah, I think there's two things. There's what you can do for yourself and then what managers can do for their staff. And I think the manager piece is really important um, because our, our profession does have a fairly high turnover, um, especially for younger staff members. There's that whole three year life thing um, that people talk about. And so I think it's important to look at it from both things. Um, as far as managers helping prevent burnout, I think it's extremely important to look at your calendar um, of what your staff is doing and when. Um, And this is on campus and off campus stuff. And I think that's essential. Um, And I think you need to really think about why you're doing things. Um, And I think data and analysis can really help in these areas. because I think that idea in admissions is we try to do everything. We add programs, we add programs, we add programs, we rarely mm-hmm. subtract them. Because we're worried that that one thing we subtract is gonna negatively affect yield. Um, or we have to go to every college fair because we miss that one college fair, then we're not gonna get any students. And I don't think that that's a reality. And so I think trying to, if you're not already collecting data on things, the spring collect data, You know, look at yield rates, look at what your students are telling you, evaluate your programs, um, Have your staff evaluate programs um, and fairs they're doing and then really use that data next year to determine what needs to be done. Um, I also think the idea of, um, you know, does everyone need to be at everything? You know, I think for on campus events we're huge on all hands on deck. And sometimes we don't all need to be there and figuring out a fair way of letting people have weekends off and letting them not have to come in and letting them be at their desk to do work and letting other people you know, be at the events. I think that that is essential and we struggle with that a lot. Um, And then I also think it's super important to understand yourself and your colleagues. Um, I'm huge on typology tests, so Myers-Briggs, True Colors, Strengths Quest. Um, And those can be super helpful for understanding people's strengths, but also their weaknesses um, in times of stress. And so, you know, understanding I think your colleagues can really help because then when they're being extremely aloof or withdrawn or when they're being really restless or when they're being super anxious, you can understand better and you can understand that those are because they're stressed and not just because they're being cranky that day and then figure out ways to help them. I think that is huge. Um, And then also really focusing on the after May 1 um, and trying to rebuild your staff. Conferences are huge for me every May. I have a friend who's definitely going to come like quit the profession And then we go to the annual meeting conference in June and then he decides he loves it again And then we do it again <laughs> in the next May and so I think going to things like that are huge I think um, being part of online communities are great now um, We run one um, called the women council of admission professionals WCAP, um and people can post things up there and get support on that um, There's a ton of other great admissions ones that are out there um, that people can join as well um, Um, so I think, you know, making sure to stay connected during the hard times and then refresh, um, holding retreats for your staff that are really rejuvenating retreats, not just planning retreats is really important. Um, and really listening to your staff and asking them how they like to be appreciated. You know, for some people, it's a public appreciation for some people. It's a private email for some people. It's letting them leave an hour early for some people it's flowers, you know, but you need to know what works for your staff and and the only way to know that is to ask them and you can do it in a silly way where you have them write things down or you can do it in a really public way. Um, and then lastly, I would say, you know, giving them opportunities to get the stress out. Um, in a couple of weeks we're holding, I'm having a yoga teacher come over to our staff and we're going to do a quick like breathing exercise on how to do stress, stress breathing, but also we're going to talk about projection. So for public speaking, so it's kind of a twofold, um, or, um, you know, doing something um, fun where like they, where you surprise your staff I think is really huge because they need those little wins and those little excitements to to not cry and quit.
0: That's a positive way to end that sentence, but, but it's true, it's true, and I like I like the thought of knowing people really well between all those different kind of the strength indicator and Myers Briggs. I to echo that we actually did Myers Briggs as a team a few years ago, and it was so enlightening to be like oh. That's why you react that way. That's why you talk that way. That's not an inclination against me or that you dislike me. That's just we process these things yeah. differently from each other, and it is super super eye opening. So I definitely echo that sentiment. Like learn more about your team, however that looks, and whatever methods you know, like those that are out there. We also did um, Emergenetics. Um, uh, all of these too can be administered administered usually by your career services office or you know somebody connected to them. Yeah. Yeah, we did Emergenetics, same thing. We learned so much about each other and about ourselves, and it really helped to enlighten us as to how we work as a team and how to kind of support yeah. each other. Yeah, it. definitely.
1: And, you know, doing things like we just did with our tour guides, we did a worry bucket, and we let them all write on pieces of paper what they're worried about, what they're stressed about, and then we let them throw them all at us. And, you know, just doing silly things like that, either with your student staff or your professional staff, can really help um, because folks need that opportunity to get rid of that stress. Um, And I think, you know, something that you don't want to do in your office is have a competition of busy. You know, I feel like, you know, like you don't want ever being like, I'm so busy, I'm so so busy. Like everyone's busy and I think acknowledging that but then also finding ways for your staff to get unstressed is super important. Um, Because you don't want people feeling resentful of like, yeah, you're busy, but so am I, you know, you don't want that. And so creating a space where you can talk about it but in a really productive way, not just that kind of complaining way. Because um, venting is important,
0: but you don't want to cross that line. Absolutely. No, that's a really, really good point. And, and it can happen that way if you're not careful. So it's great to kind of be aware of busy can be such a, a, a weird thing, you know, and how important, you know, busy versus actually productive are two very different things. And how do you kind of handle that as a team? Yeah. Yeah, it's good to discuss, but um, but all of those other points are so important too. And I'm glad you brought them up. And you know, like I that it, it occurs to me that like I am someone that you know your best way to say thank you to me is to send me to a conference because I am one of my like top five happiest times of years at niacac I think so. Um, so it's true. You kind of have to identify those in different people because for some of my other colleagues, that's the last place they it might be, be time the off. They, they just paid. might want a couple yeah. days. You know an extra
1: day off because they they worked five weekends in a row in April, so you're gonna give them a couple of days in the summer, or do half days on Fridays, or you know something exactly. like that um so yeah, I think that's a big thing um and it's amazing that how different people are about about appreciation. what you could do for one person completely doesn't work for another person Absolutely. and that's that's the tricky part i think when when trying to appreciate people because you don't want them just to be like uh eh, about it,
0: yeah. Yeah, definitely. Those are really, really excellent points, and I hope that uh, that all of our viewers that you know af- after you've taken a moment out of your day to to listen to us and um, be part of this conversation that maybe you're taking some things away to help you get through the next how many days did you say 44 forty four days 43, 43, yeah forty three days till May one who forty three days a light. and then you it's <laughs>
1: Usually <laughs> August, not the worst months to be in emissions. You know, we're obviously still busy, but it's not like April or October. So um, I think remind reminding yourself of that and knowing that you are making a difference. Everything that you're doing makes a difference. Um, and that it is hard. Um, but it's worth it when you see those awesome students move onto your campus in September. Um, you know, right before you leave and go out and do fall travel. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, to say hi, bye. 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 <laughs> bye. bye. Great Thanks. to see you here. See ya. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's so true. And yeah, if we can just chug along through these last few days, then there's a beautiful, lovely summer ahead of us. And uh, in celebrating small victories and celebrating little things uh, today, we officially have more days uh, or more hours of daylight in the day than hours of non-daylight. So hooray for spring. Embrace it. We got this. We're all in this together. All that good stuff. But um, thank you so much, Erin. Any last things before we say bye to our viewers? I don't think so.
1: Just good luck to everyone in Yield season. Um, I hope everyone does well with their classes um, with upcoming May 1 and school counselors have have a great uh, time with all of their things that they're working on AP tests and, and getting their students graduated. And so um, know that we're all in this together. And if you've been in one year, 15 years or 30 years, you know, you probably are feeling stressed in April and that's okay. And, and we'll all make it through together.
0: Absolutely. That's great way to end it. Thank you again, Erin, so much for being on. It was a pleasure. And uh, thank you to all of our viewers. And thank you finally to our program sponsor, M. Stoner. Um, And we shared out a link so you can learn more about them. Thank you all. I will see you uh, next month or actually two months from now. You get a guest host next month instead of me. Um, But Adam will be back in two weeks. So thanks, everybody. Have a great rest of your day
1: and good luck. with spring.